When I find myself in times of trouble, Mother Mary comes to me, speaking words of wisdom, let it be. And in my hour of darkness, she is standing right in front of me, speaking words of wisdom, let it be. Let it be, let it be, let it be. Whisper words of wisdom, let it be. And when the broken-hearted people living in the world agree, there will be an answer, let it be. But though they may be parted, there is still a chance that they will see. There will be an answer, let it be. Plaza Direct King's Court starts now.
Well, I've won and lost against the best. This old road's been a hell of a test. I'm still driving. I ain't slowing down. There's rules I love to break and bend. Mistakes I've made again and again. But I tell you this, my friends, I'm still around. I hit it hard, man. So far, man. No laying up, no holding back. We welcome you in with a big good morning, St. Louis. And all parts north, east, south, and west. We welcome you, and this is the Window World King's Court on KevinSlaytonShow.com, where we bring you the unvarnished truth, backed by facts and evidence. If you're looking for something else, you're in the wrong place, but stay here anyway. This will be a fun experience for you, I hope, an enlightening one we trust, and perhaps something you listen to every day and spread the good word. We have phone lines that are open for you all day long, 636-538-0746, and we will touch every single topic available to man, as we always do. The ones that we believe uh, are important to you and to me, and we usually use the words of the bad people in Washington, D.C., in the media, in the sports world, indicting themselves with their own mouths. That's a fun experience, actually. It's fun to watch people self-destruct with their own words while they continue to lie to you. There's nothing better than catching a liar, is there? To me, it's the greatest feeling in the world. We caught you lying again. Now, it's not hard when you're seeking Democrat liars. It's impossible not to find one. But they have taken lying to a new level, and you're going to hear some more of it this morning. And I don't know if you knew this, but if you didn't know it, we're here to inform you. You are doing splendidly financially. I know you don't think so, more than likely. I certainly don't think so. But apparently you are, you just don't know it. And a doddering old dementia-ridden old man will tell you that you are here momentarily. But I can tell you where your dollar does go a lot further, and that's at Taco Bell. Or they have a dollar crave menu for you. Morning for breakfast, lunch, dinner, late night. It's open all day and all night. And on that dollar crave menu, for instance, you can get a double stuffed taco, a grande burrito. If it's breakfast time as it is now, they've got a grilled breakfast burrito with bacon bits waiting for you. A bunch more items on that dollar crave menu. They also have a breakfast quesadilla for breakfast under $2.00. They have two different AM crunch wraps that are under $3, a grande scrambler that's under $3. And they have a $5 crave menu as well if you're a little hungrier for just 5 bucks, you can get a double chalupa in a box with two tacos and a soft drink, 5 bucks. You can't beat it. They've got the Mexican pizza that they brought back. So if you're getting ready to watch the Mizzou game tonight, you might want a Mexican pizza to go with it. You can't beat it. We support locally owned and operated businesses here and hope you do too, keeping the money right here in our marketplace. Here are the locally owned and operated Taco Bells that I would frequent. In Missouri, they're in the Chesterfield Valley, Washington, St. Clair, Union, Jackson, Cape Girardeau. In Illinois, they're in Waterloo, 
Decatur, State Capitol, Springfield, Carbondale, DeCoin, Troy, Salem, Jerseyville, and Columbia. Those are all locally owned and operated Taco Bell locations. Well, 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 I said you were doing better than you think you are because Joe Biden says so. Now, you may not think so. You may have just come back from the grocery store last night kicking your tires and saying, what the hell is going on in this country? We don't seem to be able to afford our grocery bill. What the hell's going on out here? I don't know, Coach, but it's not good. It's not good. And I don't care who you are, you're feeling the pinch. That's the amazing thing about Democrat voters and how stupid they are. They will continue to vote for people that cost them money. They will continue to vote for people that rob them of their financial future. They will continue to vote for people who are stealing their children and grandchildren's future. Huh? Care to explain? As Ricky would say to Lucy, you've got some splaining to do. Either that or you're just a dumbfounded idiot. And there's plenty of that going around. It it doesn't just exclusively land itself in Washington. The stupidity is nationwide. Any place that you see a Democrat get elected, you know that's a stupidity stronghold. Those are people who don't care if they pay extra, who don't care if they are, their children are indoctrinated with lies. They don't care if their children are preached to by what we call transgender people now about changing their sex when they're 5 or 10 years old. Those people that vote for Democrats don't care about that. That's a special stupid, isn't it? So if you know any, stay away from them. You might get their cooties because there's something mentally missing. Of course, that's not the only thing that they're stupid about. They're also stupid about race relations in this country. They're dumber than dumb regarding getting a COVID shot. Are those the kind of people you want to associate with? I preach division in this country. I, I am a, a, a fan of shared ideas. Agree, disagree, doesn't matter. Share ideas. That's what makes us great when we are different. We all have different ideas. But if you can't share them, then I say don't associate with the ones who are punishing you for sharing them. I want nothing to do with those people. They're deranged. They're control freaks. They're monumentally unhappy with their life, so they're trying to control your life. You imagine being so unhappy with your life that you try to control someone else's by dictates? Well, that's what the people in Washington do. That's what the media does. And many sheeple out there, the Stepford people who vote for Democrats, all allow it. They willingly allow it. Would you allow yourself to walk into a torture chamber if you didn't have to? That's what they do. Hey, look, you don't have to go in here, but when you go in there, it's going to be steaming hot. You're not going to be able to feel your own arms. You're probably going to die. Hey, let me go in. But That's what Democrats say. Enter our torture chamber. Financially, we'll strangle you. We'll make your life worth nothing. We will control you. We'll mandate illegal uh, vaccinations onto you, and we'll do it in an illegal way. And they're experimental, by the way, but we don't care if you die. And if you do die, we're going to ignore it. And you're going to hear that today 
from American Airlines pilot who had a cardiac arrest situation six minutes after he landed an American Airlines passenger jet with 200 people on it. And you'll hear that he hasn't so much as heard from the FAA six months later, nor has he heard from his own company, American Airlines. Wouldn't you think they'd be inquiring? Inquiring minds want to know. After we mandated that these pilots get this vaccine, here's a guy that had all of the symptoms that doctors have warned us about and indeed suffered a cardiac arrest. Thank God it was six minutes after the plane landed. But Democrats don't care. Liberals don't care about that. That's just happenstance. That's part of life, they say. Well, we know better. And we certainly know better than this. We know that it should be investigated. We know that there are questions to ask. But they won't ask any. They won't look in they won't even look into it. This guy's sitting right back out there to fly. Putting more people at risk. Isn't that the FAA is supposed to be all about keeping us safe in the skies. Pilots take that seriously. They know their number one job is to protect you. Yeah, they want to get their plane to the destination on time, but they want to protect you first. Because by protecting you, they protect themselves. But the FAA doesn't see it that way. Neither does Biden. Neither do the Democrats. Neither does American Airlines. They don't care. They don't care if you die in a plane crash. They don't care. And you know how I can say that? Because they haven't even asked this guy what happened. So that tells me they don't care. I don't need an instruction manual. I can think for myself. That's a rarity today. But I'm not a Stepford son of the Democrat Party. So altogether, class, pay attention. You might think you're struggling. You might think mandates have been imposed on you. You might think, if you're one of the 71% who say so, that the country is headed in the distinctly wrong direction. That, by the way, is 71% of an NBC News poll skewed to give liberal results. The real number is more likely 85%. But let's just work with 71. That's bad enough. Think the country is headed in the wrong direction. But Mr. Rose-Colored Glasses, aviator boy, thinks differently. Just this morning... We got some very good news about the American economy. And I'm not sure, and I mean it sincerely, the news could have been any better. He means it sincerely. Biden always issues qualifiers, doesn't he? Don't you love that? He doesn't just mean it. He means it sincerely because he knows you're doubting his line of bullcrap that he just spewed. So he has to say, but I mean it sincerely, as if that makes it true. The news couldn't have been any better, he said. Couldn't have been any better. Do you feel that way? I don't. How much did you pay to fill up your gas tank the other day? How much have you paid to fill it up over the last month as you watch it continually rise again to where we predicted it would be just before the midterms? When gas prices were coming down because he was robbing our strategic oil reserves, we said it will go back up after the midterms. Don't be fooled. So as it rises, as your price of eggs and everything else rises, as your price of living can't outpace inflation, you are told that the news could hardly have been any better. And he meant it sincerely. Well, America's struggle is real, and here are real people who are facing it. I pay over 
$1,230 in rent alone. So I got two kids I'm taking care of. So anything can, can help me out right now. Very high eggs, $5 and up. Milk, $5 a gallon. Bread with, what, $4 for just a loaf of bread. It's really ridiculous. We paid $8.99 for a dozen eggs. It's a struggle for any family because the price of food is really out. When he first moved here, rent was, you know, relatively cheap. Now it's like you really got to have your second or third job, uh, like just to keep up with rent. That doesn't sound like people are celebrating the best news that could have been. Biden said, honestly, he said, and sincerely, he means it sincerely, the news couldn't have been any better. But those people didn't sound like that. What's your experience in your life? Do you think the news couldn't have been any better? I think it could have. It could have included Biden's resignation. It could have included Harris's resignation. It could have included the expiration of all Democrats' tenure in Congress. It could have included all of that. Or it really could have included Biden opening up lands for drilling, Biden returning us to Trump policies regarding all of the chains that he puts on companies now. Could have done all that. Instead, the moron is running around sitting in an electric vehicle that doesn't even qualify for his exemption and praise God he doesn't drive it. Who wants to be on the road if you see Biden driving anything? Josh Hawley, the Missouri senator, understands that the liberals are out to remake our economy. They are getting what they wanted in an ultimate sense, which is they want to remake our economy. Joe Biden wants to remake our economy such that we don't have any more blue-collar work in this country. We don't have jobs for working people. All of those folks have to depend on the government, and all we have instead is this this climate green economy where you have to have a fancy degree, where you have to get a white-collar job in a big city, and if you want to live in the middle of the country, there are no jobs for you. That's what they want. They don't like blue-collar workers. They don't like blue-collar culture, and so they're trying to wipe it out by changing our economy. And They are succeeding. We have got to stop them. Carpe diem, Josh Hawley. Everything he says right. Everything Biden says is a lie. That's what Biden's trying to do. Every policy that has been enacted, every executive order, has been geared to eliminate the middle class and eliminate our jobs. Again, when the Democrats say you're doing something, they're doing it. Quietly, hopefully secretly for them. But when they tell you that Republicans are out for the upper 1% of Americans... It's the Democrats who are rewarding the global elitists because that's who they are. It's the Democrats who pile mounds of cash and send it to Big Pharma. They're the ones who do that. Now, Biden's been lying to you ever since he was born. He came out of the womb lying. But the whoppers that he told while he was campaigning, if we want to go back in time a little bit, You just heard Senator Hawley talk about how Biden wants to eliminate the middle class, and he does, and all of his actions say that. But that's not what Biden was saying when he was running. Oh, no, he was Mr. Tough Guy Joey from Scranton, PA, a middle class guy. 
When I ran for president, I agreed that we're going to build from the bottom up and the middle out to bring back good-paying jobs you can raise a family on, whether or not you went to college, to give families more breathing room, to invest in ourselves again, invest in America again. And that's what we've done. That's what we've done? No one's wages can keep pace with inflation. What do you mean that's what you've done? Given Americans a chance to invest in themselves, you said. Of course, he's building the economy from the bottom up and out, whatever that is again. From the bottom up and inside out. He's inside out. Somebody ought to turn him inside out so he can shut up. Bottom up and inside out. Somebody said that one time in a marketing meeting. Sounded good. I'm going to keep saying it till people vomit over it. And it's a lie to begin with. Whatever it means, it's a lie. Middle-class jobs so that middle-class Americans can invest in themselves. Hmm. And that's what we're doing, he says. That's what we've done. Has he done that for you? Do you have any money lying around after you pay all your bills each month to invest in anything? If you do, you're probably wealthy. Most people don't. You just heard them. Those were the everyday average Americans walking the street to the grocery store. It's pretty sickening. When was the last time, as a friend of mine asked me, in this country that the standard of living went backwards, completely decreasing under a new president? Well, it has here, well backwards, at an alarming rate of speed. As I said, at the midterms, you don't even have to ask yourself if you were better off today than you were four years ago. You just have to ask yourself if you're better off today than you were two years ago. When this robber baron got in office, coming in the middle of the night to steal from you, coming in the middle of the night to raid you, carpe diem to the pastor who was acquitted the other day from Biden's corrupt Department of Justice and FBI, raiding people's homes with 13 heavily militarized cars and tanks, wearing, as Biden always says, Kevlar vests, with guns drawn on an innocent pastor and his wife and their kids at their house, banging on the door with a battering ram. That's today's America. You think I'm describing the 1930s and 40s Berlin, don't you? But no, that's this country. Even Adolf Hitler had the common sense and courtesy to not push Hindenburg out, try to raid his home, try to force him to stay out of politics. But these people don't. They raid a former president's home. They create lies and laws to try to keep him from running. If they don't keep him physically from running, they'll intimidate voters enough that they wouldn't vote for him, or they'll damage him enough that he wouldn't be electable. That's this country. It's not anywhere else. It's the United States of America, the most bizarre name of a country I've ever heard in my life. There's nothing united except Democrats when they vote on an issue. They all stick together. Rotten scum does that. Traitors do that. They want to rat each other out. Despite Biden's lies about 
doing what he can for the middle class. Josh Hawley understands that it's our culture he's after as well. And the reason for that is he doesn't like the culture of blue-collar workers. He doesn't like their attachment to faith. He doesn't like their attachment to family. He doesn't like their attachment to church. He doesn't like any of that. The left, they think all, they think all of that's backwards. How do you get rid of it? You make it so that you can't get good-paying jobs anymore if you're a blue-collar worker. You can't sustain yourself in the working class. You have to be dependent on government, take orders from government. And meanwhile, the only people who flourish are the rich folks at the top who are giving money to the Democrat Party. That's their agenda. Anybody want to argue with that? I certainly don't. The question always remains, what are you going to do about it? There's only so much Republican senators can do because their hands are tied, and the ones whose hands aren't tied voted for the omnibus bill. So we have rotten Republicans to the core that are in the Senate, It'll be a long time, if ever, that we ever regain control of the Senate, and by that I mean real control, with all the rhinos out of there. That's going to take a long time. But if people will just do a simple thing, vote against incumbents, you'd be surprised how quickly things change. You'd be shocked. But people won't do it. Because they'll tell you, well, my guy's okay, but it's yours that needs booting out. And we're in for a treat, I can promise you this, and we'll get into this a little later in the show, but we all know who's going to run for president on the Democratic side. It ain't Biden. It ain't Harris. It isn't Schumer. It isn't any of those people. It's Mikey Obama. And we'll show you some evidence that he, she is running a little bit later on in the show. What else is Biden up to? Well, instead of actually fixing the streets and the roads here, despite trillion-dollar infrastructure bill that he got passed. They haven't done anything with that money yet. He's talked about what they're going to do with it, but they haven't done a thing. A heated sidewalk in Vermont, I believe, that's been completed. That's it. But to further validate Senator Hawley's comments about him hating the middle class by eliminating middle-class jobs everywhere, including coal mining jobs, oil drilling jobs. He's now giving your tax money, perhaps you're one of the coal miners out of work because of him, he's taking your tax money, your Social Security money, and he's giving it to Africa as an incentive for them to stop coal mining. At the G7 meeting earlier this year, we announced our intention to collectively mobilize $600 billion in the next five years. Today's announcement, joint join a portfolio of Partnership for Global Infrastructure Investment Projects already underway in Africa. What? Including mobilizing $8 billion in public and private finance to help South Africa replace coal-fired power plants with renewable energy sources and develop cutting-edge energy solutions like clean hydrogen. A deal worth $2 billion to build solar energy projects in Angola. $600 million in high-speed communications cable that will connect Southeast Asia to Europe via Egypt and the Horn of Africa and help bring high-speed Internet connectivity to countries all along the way. The bottom line is simple. Trade runs on reliable infrastructure to support and secure resilient supply chains. And improving Africa's infrastructure is essential to our vision of building a stronger global economy.
Improving efforts. You know, he's reading off that teleprompter, and he, he thinks he has to get done real fast because he knows he's going to lose his whole train of thought soon. So he has to get done fast. But I don't know what that middle of that comments, the, the middle comments there were so bizarre. He's stumbling and stammering. Not no, He lost the teleprompter, I guess. But I love it when he t- talks about trade depends on strong infrastructure. We don't have infrastructure here. If we did, why does Charter Signal go down almost every day? We don't have anything reliable here in technology. Nothing is reliable. Nothing. Do you have anything in your life technologically that's reliable? Is your phone reliable? Or does your phone, like my phone, simply delete, randomly delete contacts for no reason? And he's giving all this money to Africa. And then he's he's bragging about it. He's bragging about taking your tax money and giving it to Angola. So that Angola can improve their infrastructure. Now, we know what the Angolan government's going to do with it. It's going to go right in their pockets, where it always does. When is, when is the American public going to wake up to the fact that these politicians grease each other's pocketbooks with your cash? Not just here, but Biden's loving going internationally and buying and paying for people there. If the Bidens couldn't buy influence, they'd have nothing. And then when they get the influence that they bought, they peddle it for more money. This is one of the most corrupt regimes in the history of America. The Biden crime family has outdone the Clintons something fierce. They've outdone the Obamas. They've outdone the Bushes. If you're the Bushes and the Obamas and the Clintons, are you a little pissed right now? Biden has taken it to a new level, his corruption. Those people thought they were king of the corrupt people. They're not even close. This Biden operation is just that. It's a mob operation. And now the Africans are in on the gig. (laughs) Not only that, but you probably go to work every day if you're fortunate enough to have a job that pays you a living wage. But people in Washington, D.C., they don't have to go to work at all. They don't have to show up. But they still get paid. Kevin McCarthy, how many of them still get paid for not showing up? Do you realize that 47% of the federal employees are still not in for work? For the first time in history, members of Congress didn't have to show up, and they kept getting paid. I think people have to show the work ethic. I think people should show up to work, and we're going to pass that bill this week that brings brings those federal employees back to work to provide the service that they're getting, that the taxpayers are paying them for. Well, again, I tip my cap to Kevin McCarthy and the Republicans in the House. But those bills that they've been passing, all promises kept, are all going to the Senate to die. And if they somehow pass the Senate, Biden will kill them himself. None of this reform that the Republicans have proposed in bills and passed bills will ever see the light of day, which is why I've said all along, you've got to propose the bills, you've got to take them to the floor for a vote, and then you have to have big-time news conferences. You have to let the country know. That here's how, how we're trying to change this for you, since 71% of you think this country is going in the wrong direction. We're trying to change it. Here's what we've proposed. Here's what we've passed. Here's what they've done with it. And they need to know. I mean, the media is actually starting to cover Biden's misfortune with his document theft. 
But they're only covering that because they don't want him in. They don't want him to run again. He served the purpose. He got Donald Trump out. That was Biden's purpose. They threw a rag doll up there. Their experiment was, let's throw a bonehead out there, see if we can steal the election, and if we can, we will know that in the future it doesn't matter who we run, whatever puppet we can find, and we'll still win. And that's what they learned. But now he's useless to them because he's starting to embarrass them with his theft and his lies. So now they want to get another bimbo up there, in this case, Mikey Obama, bimbet, bimbo. I don't know what it is. But it's a lunatic who's never held a job in her entire life. Her expertise is she married well. That's it. Nothing else. And what is Amy Klobuchar worried about, the senator from Minnesota? She worried about the inflation, the runaway inflation, the economy where people can't buy eggs, the economy where people can't hardly afford gas, supply chain issues, all of this continuing, continually going on under this regime. She's not worried about that. She's worried about the Asian community with gun violence. It's clear that these tragedies are weighing especially hard on communities of Asian and Hispanic descent. I send love and strength to all those coming to grips with the loss of a loved one, a friend, a community member. We must do more. I'm fighting to build on our efforts last Congress when we passed the Bipartisan Safer Communities Act. But we must pass the assault weapons ban and other measures that would make a difference. I will work with anyone, Democrat or Republican, to get this done. Because this is bigger than our divisions. It's about saving lives and keeping families and communities whole. <laughs> she ever start crying? Those fake cry? Democrats are good at the fake cry. Should have been a Seinfeld episode, the fake cry. Might have been. Maybe I missed it. But how about her? I'm sending love and strength. Well, we're so glad you're sending love and strength because that ought to make it all better. Sending love and strength to the Asian and Hispanic community. In the Asian situation, another Asian murdered Asians. Does she understand that? I doubt it. She wants your assault weapon, though, whatever that is. Hey, Amy, what's an assault weapon? She doesn't know. But she's not concerned about your paycheck or anything else in your life. She's only concerned about stealing your guns. That's it. That's all. End of story. Close the curtain. That's what Democrats want to do. We, we told you, and Josh Hawley validated what they're out for. They're going to change the culture, which they've already done. They're going to remake the economy to hurt you, eliminate the middle class so you're dependent on them. And then we're done with all that to make sure that you comply. They want your guns. Turn them over. Now, we can't compete with the military. I've said that a thousand times. There's anyone who says, you know, I need my gun to fight the government. Well, that's stupid because if the military's against us, your gun means nothing. But what your gun does mean is self-defense. You can protect your home. You can protect yourself from these critters that are out there robbing people blind, home invasions, and just in case some government official tries to rob you of everything, you can use it there. But that's what people look to their guns for, and to hunt, of course, for sport. But we're never going to take on the military. Any reasonable person knows that. Our prayer is that the military hasn't turned on us. Because when it all comes down to it is when will the military be sick of it all? When will the military turn on the government? 
That's the government insurrection that is needed here. For the military to take over with a coup. Now it happens in other countries, and I used to think, wow, how scary is that, that the military can take over the government. But I never thought just how corrupt is that government that the military feels it necessary to take over. Well, in almost in each case, except for the fruitcakes in North Korea and Russia and China and Iran, any military takeover has probably been good. Would it be good or bad if the military took over this government here? People have now listed in a poll government, our government, as being the number one problem in the country. Not inflation. Our government. Inflation is a full six points behind. Trailing miserably what people think of this government. It's our number one problem. They want to scream and yell and stage a riot and call it an insurrection because they want to demonize insurrections. They don't want you to even think about coming in there and taking over. That's why they were scared that day. They thought, oh, my God, these people could actually take us over. Thank God they don't have any weapons. Thank God they're not violent. That was their whole game. When they saw that happen, they had to do something. We can't have insurrections. We'll have to show them what we'll do to them if they try. The mere peasants. How dare them come into our people's house? Sickening, isn't it? Yeah, it is. Very sickening. Remember when uh, Biden said these things about Georgia and their election laws? And remember the Major League Baseball decision to strip Atlanta of the All-Star game because of their oppressive voter registration laws? In other words, you need a voter ID to vote how oppressive that was to blacks. Even though, I don't know if people know this or not, but we had a poll from Georgians earlier where 98% of them said they had no problems getting to the polls and voting. Now a new poll shows 0% of Georgia's black voters had a poor experience. Not just couldn't vote, none of them even had a poor experience at voting. None of them. Zero percent. Now, I don't think they've ever had zero percent satisfaction with an election before. So the requirement of a voter ID helped the black community as well as everyone else because it was an orderly vote. You had to have a voter ID. Now, of course, the corruption was in the early voting, the mail-in ballots. And remember when Biden said this about Georgia's voter law? Mr. Division? This makes Jim Crow look like Jim Eagle. High turnout and voter suppression can take place at, at the same time. This is Jim Crow on steroids, what they're doing in, in Georgia and 40 other states. If they can navigate the difficulties put in place by Brian Kemp and Brad Ratzenberger to not only gain the system, but to suppress voting in the state of Georgia. Jim Crow 2.0 is about two insidious things. Voter suppression and election subversion. Wow. (laughs) And now guess what? Major League Baseball took the All-Star game away. The Democratic National Committee wants to hold its convention for the 2024 election in Georgia. In Georgia. The hypocrisy that never ends, and I mean never. 
Can't have the All-Star game there. It's Jim Crow 2.0. It's Jim Crow or it's Jim Eagle. The moron thought that was hilarious. It's Jim Eagle. So Jim Crow and Jim Eagle are getting together at the Democratic National Convention in 2024 down there in Georgia. The horrible racist place. It's incredible, isn't it? All of these people that were polled, 0% of Georgia's black voters saw right through the lies that Biden spewed left and right. Unbelievable, isn't it? And now their own convention will be held in that horrible cesspool of racism, Georgia. Well, they've got another target now. The target is Memphis. Joy Reid, start us off. In tonight with the fallout over the tragic death of Tyree Nichols at the hands of five Memphis police officers. Now, if you have a heart, what happened to the 29-year-old father, skateboarder, FedEx driver, and amateur photographer should outrage you. It should shock and disgust you, as should the so-called brothers who chose to behave like a little blue gang rather than as black men. But it damn sure shouldn't surprise you. What happened to Tyree Nichols was as American as apple pie. It damn sure shouldn't surprise you. It was as American as apple pie, she said. By that, I assume she means that black people die at the hands of the police all the time. Hmm. It's interesting, isn't it? Except it's just not true. It's just not true. There are 374 white people who died at the hands of the police last year. 260 blacks. So it's just not true. But that doesn't stop them from lying. The liberal rallying cry is lie. And when you don't get your way, lie some more. And keep lying just like Hitler believed. If you tell the lie long enough, it becomes truth. George Costanza, if you tell a lie long enough, it's not a lie. So down in Memphis, they have the funeral today for Tyree Nichols, the kid who was beaten by these thugs. And guess who's invited to do the eulogy? That's right, none other than Reverend Al Sharpton. Rev, as the women of MSNBC call him when they interview him, Rev. Rev. This guy is no more a reverend than Charles Manson was. But he's going to do another eulogy for someone that he doesn't know. Aren't eulogies supposed to be personal? I mean, I eulogize both of my parents and my sister. Why? Because they were my parents and my sister. I didn't eulogize someone's sister or parents that I don't know. Someone down the street's parents die. They don't ask me to do the eulogy. But if they're trying to grandstand and they wanted to get some attention to their son or daughter's funeral, then they would call someone like Al Sharpton, who can't wait to do it because then he can go race bait some more. Eulogies are supposed to be perhaps some sad but fun, but a retelling of the life of the person who died with love and compassion and sincerity. 
What it's not supposed to be is a race riot, a race rally. Well, that's what will happen today. Sharpton will stand there and tell you how horrible cops are, especially those white cops. And these black cops are trained by white people. And we're not going to stop. I want violence in the streets. We're not going to stop until they stop. Stop what? Why is this guy invited? What kind of mother invites this charlatan to speak on her son's behalf at his funeral? She's a grandstander. I'm stunned at these mothers of a couple of these black kids who've been killed who rather than mourn the death of their child, they try to gain political points by allowing Benjamin Crump into their lives and Al Sharpton into their lives. And then, of course, the bottom line is mommy wants money. That's what mommy really wants. And who better to get it than liars like Crump and Sharpton? Race baiters supreme. If mommy didn't want attention and money, mommy wouldn't have Al Sharpton delivering the eulogy. She would have whoever the pastor was at their church. Or perhaps a coach or a friend of the person who was murdered unnecessarily. Hell, why don't you have one of the cops do the eulogy? Might as well. They're thugs, but so is Sharpton. And, of course, Heels Up Harris is going to show up at the funeral. That's kind of a slap in the face of this kid, isn't it? Shouldn't Biden be there? If you're going to, if you're going to politicize a funeral, why do you send your number two? And she's number two in every way. But why would you do that? Are you telling this family, well, you know what? If you're a little more important, we'll go ahead. We'll go ahead and take care of it. But I'm not coming. I'm not coming at all. (laughs) Amazing, isn't it? Scary. But this mother and her step or his the kid's stepfather should understand that they don't care. This is all about politicking for them. This is all about race baiting and stirring the pot. That's all it is. They don't care about your kid. Al Sharpton doesn't know your kid from the man in the moon. He doesn't know him. He doesn't know anything about him. Now, you'll tell him a few things. You heard Joy Reid. He was a skateboarder. He'll throw those inane things out there. But he won't be able to tell anybody what this kid was really like because he doesn't know him. He'll have no idea what kind of person this was who died. He won't be able to tell people about great achievements that this kid perhaps made or wanted to make. Because he's the resident shit-disturbing eulogist. That's what he is. That's his role. So, Rev, can you even remember how many of these eulogies you've done? I almost lose count. Uh, when When I look at I did... The eulogy for Eric Gardner. I did the eulogy for Michael Brown in Ferguson, uh, uh, with, uh, with the Ferguson killing. Uh, I did two of the eulogies of George Floyd, uh, and on and on in, Bro- in uh, Brooklyn, Minnesota, uh, uh, probably about 10 to 15. 10 to 15. 
Michael Brown, the killing in Ferguson, he says. He didn't know Michael Brown. If he would have known Michael Brown, he would have honestly said this was a thug, a two-bit thug, who beat up a smaller person at a convenience store in order to rob him. That's who Michael Brown was. Michael Brown's mother is trying to make millions off of his death. She doesn't care. Grandma raised him or auntie, whichever one it was. They don't care about him. They only care about what they can make off of, just like the father. The estranged father all of a sudden shows up. But let's get Al Sharpton in here to race bait and stir the mob. Because he didn't tell us Michael Brown was a thug. He didn't tell us that Michael Brown tried to kill the police officer before the police officer rightly in self-defense killed Michael Brown. He didn't tell us that. He didn't tell us that it was a complete lie, this hands-up, don't-shoot malarkey. He didn't tell us that either. So what Al Sharpton does in these eulogies is he lies a lot, and then he race baits. And these families ought to be ashamed of themselves. They're disgraceful. They use their kids' death to enrich themselves and to stir racial hatred in this country. That's what these parents do. They're rotten to the core. That's sickening all by itself, as far as I'm concerned. Sharpton, where are you now? Here I am now in 2023. And I'm looking at another video. This in color where I'm seeing another black man being beat to death. Rodney didn't die. This is worse. It's beat to death with no mercy on no crime that they can even find that he had committed. And to make it even more egregious, beat by five black cops. Did you think, because you was black, we wouldn't say nothing? Did you think that you would hide behind your blackness? I want to say loud and clear that we will fight black cops, white cops, any color cops that commit crimes against us. Wow. That's what the funeral is going to sound like today. It's not going to be, hey, Tyree Nichols was a great uh, guy, mentor to young people, coached kids. People told me great stories about him. I, I knew because I knew him growing up. He's not going to say any of that. He's going to say what you just heard. That was a preview of the eulogy. We hate cops. We don't care what color they are. We hate them. We don't care that Michael Brown was a thug attempted murderer. We don't care. We need some race stirring to take place here. We need to let everybody know in the black community that white people are the enemy. And if black people turn on us, they're the enemy. Tim Scott is the enemy. He's a black senator from South Carolina who doesn't follow our lead. He doesn't pay attention to the party line. He's an enemy. Now, there are several things being thrown out there, and they're kind of disgraceful that they're thrown out there, but uh, let's just kill them. We'll shoot them right down out of the air. There's a story going around that Tyree Nichols was involved with the ex-girlfriend of one of the cops, and the cop was showing him what's what. Uh, there hasn't been any validity given to that, even though media is printing it. But there's also a lie being told by Crump. 
the attorney who shows up before the body's even cold every time, Benjamin Crump. And in this particular case, he's trying to, while supposedly, I guess, get money for the dead person's family, he's also trying to defend the black cops. He tries to do it very deftly, but of course he's exposed as the imbecile he is. He's lying and telling us all now that the Scorpion unit, which is what they were part of, conducts traffic stops normally. You heard Sheriff Rick Wagner on here yesterday, retired sheriff, tell us that those specialized units, that's not what they do. Everyone else has told us that's not what the Scorpion unit in the Memphis Police Department does. But Benjamin Crump says, I got cops to protect. They're black after all. We're continuing to dig to find out the truth of the matter, but everything based on what we know now was this was a regular stop that this Scorpion unit engaged in all the time in this community. So they engaged in regular stops all the time, yet no one can point to anyone that they actually stopped before. And just this once, in these routine traffic stops that Crump claims they make all the time, just this once, they decided to beat a guy to death. Now, as Sheriff Wagner said yesterday, there's no question that if you look at their record, these guys are going to have complaints against them, and that would almost be without question. But what in the world is going on? These people don't make routine traffic stops. They don't. It's really strange that he would lie about that. But hey, liberals lie about everything. Racists lie about everything. Little black lesbians lie about everything. Karine Jean-Pierre said yesterday, COVID's not over. We need to use it for the election coming up. COVID isn't over. Uh, We've been very clear about that. Hundreds of Americans are dying every day and cases are increasing right now, uh, today. Uh, That's why we take common sense measures like COVID testing ahead of of large indoor gatherings uh, at the White House. And so this is uh, an important uh, important issue that's been important when we're talking about COVID and dealing with COVID and coming up with comprehensive uh, ways to make sure that people get vaccinated. Uh, That's something that the president dealt with from day one of his administration. They're still begging people to get vaccinated with the mounds and mounds of real data showing you that it's dangerous to get vaccinated. They're still preaching vaccinations to kill people. That's interesting. But she said, we've been very clear on this. COVID's not over. So since they're very clear on it, it's gospel truth, right? I mean, If they look out the window and the sun's shining brightly and they say it's very cloudy today and we're very clear about this, then it must be cloudy because they said so. They said they were being very clear. The issue raised by a reporter in that answer was there are newly sworn in congressmen who are not attending the White House officials swearing in because they're being forced to mask up or to prove vaccination or the like. Go after yourself. I don't care if I come to your party or not. This is the unbelievable evil, Dr. Evil at work, continually mandating people take an experimental drug 
And if they die, he doesn't care. Has Biden issued one statement about someone who's died as the result of COVID uh, injections in, I don't know, perhaps, what's what's the word I'm searching for here? Perhaps a, a, a statement of sadness, of regret, of remorse. Maybe I shouldn't have told you to take this vaccine. Maybe I should have forced you into taking it. He hasn't commented one time on the CDC's own admission that they lied about COVID deaths. And there's little black lesbian herself talking about we still have these deaths every day. She doesn't mention that the CDC lied about those numbers by their own admission. It's not Kevin Slayton's opinion. They said they lied. But she doesn't care. What do you care for? What's wrong with you, Slayton? They don't have to care. Why would they care? Nobody's holding them to the fire. Certainly not the uh, media. Bob Snow is an American Airlines pilot. He knows firsthand what this vaccine can do. He was forced by his airline and by the government to take this vaccine. Didn't want to, but he was forced to take it or lose his job as an airline pilot. So he's flying from Denver to Fort Worth on an American Airlines passenger jet with 200 unsuspecting passengers aboard. Six minutes after he lands, I'll let him tell the story. Everybody's heard the story of what happened with me uh, about six minutes after landing our flight from uh, Denver to DFW. Um, and, uh, you know, after spending seven days in the ICU uh, in the uh, DFW metro area, uh, I was released to go back home. And uh, since that date, uh, I arrived home approximately uh, April 16th. Uh, I've had no contact whatsoever from anyone either with the uh, FAA or with the company to, to query me or to investigate exactly uh, what happened to me uh, in regards to the, uh, the cardiac arrest that I experienced while I was in the flight deck. Wow. How incredible is that? He hasn't heard a word. Not a word from the FAA or American Airlines. He was in intensive care. Remember, this is what Biden said that got pilot Bob Snow vaccinated. I'm announcing that the Department of Labor is developing an emergency rule to require all employers with 100 or more employees that together employ over 80 million workers to ensure their workforces are fully vaccinated or show a negative test at least once a week. We're going to protect vaccinated workers from unvaccinated co-workers. We've been patient, but our patience is wearing thin. The last thing we need is Neanderthal thinking that in the meantime, everything's fine, take off your mask, forget it. For unvaccinated, we are looking at a winter of severe illness and death for unvaccinated. For themselves, their families, and the hospital, they'll soon overwhelm. None of that was true. None of that happened. What did happen? People that got vaccinated dropping like flies. And when I say dropping, I mean immediately. Myocarditis kills you immediately. You're gone. All the other debilitating health issues that have destroyed families, thanks to him. Has he said anything about that? Any condolences? No. 
That was some of the most evil crap you'll ever hear, hear a president dictate to this United States citizenry. That is Nazi-esque, Stalin. That's who Biden is. He's the most arrogant, pompous misfit that ever walked the earth. But he, bottom line, and you have to understand this, he doesn't care. He's getting bought off by Big Pharma, and he's going to make you get that vaccine. He knows it's no good for you. I bet my life he didn't take one. Bet my life he didn't take one. Bob Snow, the pilot you just heard from, knows that this vaccination wasn't approved ever by the FAA. Issued vaccine is certainly not anything that's been approved by the FAA. It's under an EUA. Uh, for us to be subject to a mandate uh, without any investigation, uh, without you know any sort of 12-month uh, studies as to the adverse effects that these vaccines may have, uh, is to me unconscionable. Uh, we were basically you know treated as giant guinea pigs, and unfortunately, of course, uh, you know we're ultimately responsible. We're the ultimate arbiters of safety in regards to the operation of the aircraft. My primary job as a captain for a major airline is risk mitigation. I'm there essentially to make sure that the operation is run safely, effectively. And primarily uh, on time, if at all possible. But safety is is paramount, is with the same that we've always utilized. And uh, they, uh, you know, basically abrogated their responsibility to look after our safety by by forcing us to to undergo this uh, vaccination program. FAA didn't approve it. Biden forced it on them. How sickening is that? That's sickening. And that man almost died because of Biden. Jeffrey Clark is the director of litigation for the CTR uh, Renewal America. What do you come before us with, Jeffrey Clark? Well, I'd come to you with news about, uh, you know, someone who could be called Colonel Clink these days, Bill Barr, uh, former attorney general, uh, who said that the election issues were thoroughly investigated, but... Uh, FOIA information just came out at this point from two more districts. There, there were FOIA requests put in to 12 U.S. attorney districts uh, in multiple states, the, the key battlegrounds uh, where electoral votes were, were in play. And after Bill Barr had issued a November uh, 9th memo saying that there should be investigations of the election, uh, the FOIA document requests have come back with no documents, the null set. Uh, so no investigations were done as a result of that memo. There's only one of the 12 districts that has not yet come in. That's the Eastern District of Pennsylvania. But it's amazing, right, that uh, it's like a kabuki dance. A memo was issued, but nothing was actually done about it. What did we tell you at the time? Didn't we say on this show, William Barr's a liar? He claimed he thoroughly investigated the 2020 election. He didn't lift a finger to investigate it. He couldn't have, because when he claimed he was investigating it, it was a couple of weeks later that he said, nothing to see here. No one could conduct an investigation into election fraud that quickly. So we knew he was lying. But Bill Barr is a deep state liar. He's always been. And shame on Fox News for having him on almost every show to promote his lie-filled book. William Barr is a pathological liberal liar. That's what he is. He has Bush blood running through his veins. Trump knew that and still brought him in as attorney general. 
Shame on you, Donald Trump. You deserve whatever you get because of him. Your hiring practices were pathetic when you were president. Spectacular running your own businesses, but horrific as a president. Couldn't have been worse. And as a result, you've hurt the country by it. William Barr belongs in jail. How many of these people belong in jail by any reasonable standard, but will never end up there? It gets worse. Jeffrey Clark said that there was one FOIA request that wasn't returned. That was the eastern part of Pennsylvania. Why is that, Jeffrey Clark? I'll remind you there that the U.S. attorney in uh, Philadelphia, the Eastern District, he wrote a letter to Trump last year, and he said that he had election fraud issues, serious ones, to investigate. He asked Barr for permission to investigate. Barr denied it. Barr would not let him hold a press conference, and Barr told him to send anything he had okay. to the Democrat AG. Okay. So okay. that's why they're holding that one back. Think about that. Not only did Barr lie to us by saying he was investigating election fraud, in the swing states, that was a complete lie. He didn't even lift a finger. But when someone else found wrongdoing, a U.S. attorney, and asked Barr who he, what he has to go through to get permission to investigate, Barr told him no. Not only are you lying that you said you investigated, but you actually actively worked against being investigated. You denied permission of a U.S. attorney who said he had serious election fraud issues in Pennsylvania, and you wouldn't even let him look into it. I think William Barr is right up there with the Peter Strzoks, the Andrew McCabe's, the Christopher Ray's, the James Comey's. He's right up there with them. He's as pathetically corrupt as they come. And he's an arrogant, pompous liar that people like Jesse Waters fawned over. Fawned over. It's the same thing with people like Laura Ingram. When she gets one of these pathetic liberals on there with her, she kisses their ass. She did so with Rob Reiner, one of the all-time uber-liberals of, of, of a diminished mental capacity like I've never seen. He's like a Martian. And as a result of the Supreme Court's inability, and I mean inability, well, really to do anything right, but in their inability to catch the leaker, remember they have had 82 possible people, they said, the full weight of the Supreme Court investigating this thing. And according to them, they couldn't find the leaker. Jonathan Turley, who is a very uh, well-known and highly esteemed legal scholar and lawyer himself, tweeted this out. The Supreme Court's report indicates they can't isolate the culprit among the over 80 possible suspects for the Dobbs leak. It is an admission that is almost as chilling as the leak itself. Carpe diem, Jonathan Turley. That's so true. Does anybody believe the Supreme Court can't find who the leaker is? Anybody? Bueller? Pretty strange, isn't it? And now we find out that not only can they not find the leak, 
But the John Roberts, the chief justice, is making millions by having his wife recruit lawyers for big firms to argue cases in front of her husband's Supreme Court. Conflict of interest means nothing to the Roberts family. Nothing. Judicial ethics means nothing to the Roberts family. Nothing. He needs to be kicked off of the Supreme Court immediately and have his license taken away from him to practice law. Disbarment is the only answer for Roberts. It's unbelievable. A former colleague of hers raised concerns that her recruiting work poses potential ethics issues for John Roberts. Potential? These are the very definition of ethics issues. The ex-colleague wants an inquiry and provided records to the Justice Department and Congress indicating she'd been paid millions of dollars in commissions for placing lawyers at these firms. Leaving this information with the Department of Justice is going to get her nowhere. They are never going to investigate Roberts. You know why? Because he's one of them. It's incredible. Even in a deposition back in 2015, she testified that a significant portion of her practice was devoted to helping senior government lawyers land jobs at law firms and that the candidates' names were almost never disclosed. Why the secrecy? Huh. She got $690,000 in 2012 for recruiting one lawyer to a law firm where he would argue in front of her husband's Supreme Court. Wow. That's incredible, isn't it? Another one that was recruited, they did find out the name, Ken Salazar. He was the interior secretary under Obama. They've argued, the firm that she recruited him to, argued in front of the Supreme Court 124 times. Excuse me, more than 125 times. (laughs) Wow. Wow. That's amazing. What are they going to do about it? What do you think? You think that weasel Merrick Garland will do anything about it? Not in a million years. Not in a million years. So what Jeffrey Clark found out, and now what we find out about Mrs. Roberts is scary as well because of what keeps going on at Brett Kavanaugh's home and other Supreme Court justices' homes who voted to repeal uh, Roe v.ersus Wade as law and send it back to the states. Here are protesters outside of Brett Kavanaugh's house. Cut his time short. A rapist should not rule the court. Cut his time short. A rapist should not rule the court. Calling him a rapist now. They're still marching in front of his house, which is illegal. And yet Merrick Garland doesn't lift a finger to remove them. Biden doesn't comment on it. The weasels in the White House press corps don't ask the little black lesbian about it. 
Why not? Aren't you kind of fed up with document questions? She's not going to answer them, so quit asking them. Ask something that matters, like, why is Joe Biden and Merrick Garland, why are they allowing people to break the law by chanting vile comments like that? Why are you allowing that? But none of these reporters ask. Peter Ducey, wake up. You act like a tough guy. You do ask some good questions. How about that one? How about that one? Wouldn't that one make sense to ask? Why do you continually allow people to break the law in front of Justice Kavanaugh and other justices' homes? What does the president have to say about John Roberts' wife and her highly unethical practice of recruiting lawyers to argue in front of her husband at huge, huge fees? Why are those things never asked? Because the press corps is as willfully complicit as the rest of them are. They mostly only ask a tough question when they've been shut out. That's when they get mad. In the meantime, what has the current vice president been up to? Well, this moron is now giving awards out to astronauts. And let me just tell you, she's giddy about it. They suited up, they waved to their families, and they rode an elevator up nearly 20 stories. They strapped in to their seats and waited as the tanks beneath them filled with tens of thousands of gallons of fuel. And then they launched. Yeah, they did. Please shut her up. Does this nation deserve this anymore? Do we deserve to have to listen to that cackling idiot? And then they launched. They really did. (laughs) Just shut her up. Make it illegal for her to talk. I mean, you do it to Republicans all the time. Just stop. This long national nightmare of listening to her must end. But it won't. Here she was talking about, still whining, about why she didn't get more of the vote when she ran for president. Talking about what I describe and what I believe to be the elephant in the room about my campaign. What is that? Electability. What do you mean? Electability. You know, essentially, is America ready for a woman and a woman of color to be president of the United States? Aha. That's why she didn't get one vote, not one electoral vote, not 1% of the vote. Withdrew before the Iowa primary or the Iowa caucus. Because America, she discovered, is not ready for a black woman. Well, we don't know that because you're not a black woman. You're a mulatto. You're mixed race. So you're no more black than you are the other races that flow through your blood. But for her to lean back on that, wow. And even back then, she had this gibberish. Maybe this is why she was unelectable. 
there is a lack of ability or a difficult a difficulty in imagining that someone who we have never seen can do a job that has been done you know 45 times by someone who is not that person huh so the reason she didn't get elected is because we voters have a tough time imagining someone in that job who's never done that job before now that's odd how did donald trump get elected for that matter how did obama get elected the first time he had never done the job before how does any president get elected the first time none of them have ever done the job before she needs to be silenced and since we're silencing people i'm not in favor of that but since we're doing it let's pick a few of these liberals to silence like Mikey Obama. Wow. Remember, th- this is her first indication that she's running in 2024. She was asked if he's doing a good job. It's a tough job, and I think that he's doing the, the best he can under some tough circumstances. Do you hope that President Biden will run again in 2024? You know, I, 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 I will have to see. It's, you know, the, the reason I don't speak on that is because I know what it feels like to be on the other side of it. And I think that that's a personal decision. I don't want to be one of the millions of people weighing in on what he should do. First of all, she has adopted the grammar of Donna Brazil. I shouldn't be weighing in. No, there's a G at the end of that word. There's a G. It's called I-N-G. It's a suffix. Weighing in, not weighing. And she does it now with every word that has I-N-G. But he's doing the best that he can do. That's hardly a ringing endorsement, wouldn't you say? He's doing the best that he can do because he's a dementia-riddled old man. That's what she forgot to add. Doing the best he can do. And then, should he run in 2024, did she all of a sudden discover, or excuse me, did she all of a sudden encounter a stuttering habit? I, 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 I will have to see. What do you mean you'll have to see? You either think he should run or not. You don't have to see. And then claims that she won't talk about it because she knows what it feels like on the other side. No, you don't. You've never run for election, period, much less re-election. You don't know what that is like. Then she decided, Mike Obama did, that she had to discuss her menopause as if she's running for office because you know who she's trying to get? Those middle-aged white women, suburban women that Biden couldn't get. So she's trying to appeal to them. Like, I'm one of you. Because she had to describe to us that she no longer has what she calls Michelle Obama arms. I am still physically active. And my goal now, instead of having Michelle Obama arms, I just want to keep moving. Just keep moving. If I can walk, move, I don't have to run, I don't have to beat everyone. So I've had to change the way I see myself in the in, in, in my health space. I never used to weigh myself. I'm not trying to stick to numbers, but when you're in menopause, you have this slow creep. Slow creep. Well, Biden's a slow creep. She's a slow creep. Her husband's a slow creep. She mentioned her health space. She doesn't have to worry about this in her health space. <laughs> By the way, she said she... She worries about even walking. What is America going to do? Put another health-riddled person in the White House? 
She's telling us that she has severe health issues. She hopes that she can just walk. Oh, somebody put us out of our misery, will you? She's running. I guarantee it. And the media is dumping Biden to pave the way for Mikey. Candace Owens, do you agree? It's become very clear the media is dumping Joe Biden, right? Suddenly they're yeah. able to critique Hunter Biden's laptop. They're able to look at all of his corruption and things that they just were unwilling to do for the first four years of his presidency. So they're basically saying, we no longer have your back. Now we're saying that you do do some bad stuff. And, oh, maybe he's not just forgetful sometimes. Maybe he is, in fact, senile. And we're not going right. to have him forth as a candidate. It begs the question, you know, which ism are they going to run on? This is what they do. You are correct. Uh, you have sexism, which we I think people grew very tired of after Hillary Clinton. We get it. We all hate women. We're all misogynists, according to the left. And they ran Hillary and she didn't win. When they ran Biden, of course, it was racism. It was everybody is a racist. It was the COVID pandemic. You're right about these emergencies. But what I will say about Michelle Obama is I think she's smarter than to run on just race because people forget this. But Obama was smarter than to run on just oh, race yes. the first time that he ran. He refused to answer those questions. I think what she's doing and the reason why she's talking about her menopause is she's making an Oprah appeal. She's appealing to suburban Yes. women because that's the people, that's the group of individuals that Biden lost, right? So she thinks if she makes herself relatable to suburban women and if she just does, you know, just remembers answers, basic answers like what is your name, things that Joe Biden can't remember, what are your children's name, that she can get by because she knows that she'll have the full support of the media behind her. Um, so right. I don't doubt that they are priming her to be the candidate because I don't know who else they have to put forth. They don't have anybody else. And Candace Owens is correct when she says, Mike Obama knows that if you just answer questions like, what's your name, you're already ahead of Biden. And you have full media cover, full-blown media cover. But Candace Owens was astute enough. Isn't this just a continuation of all the Democrat policies we've seen since Clinton? And I don't know what the point would be, I guess, just to pretend that things are changing. We know it's just a continuation of the Clinton administration to the Obamas to the, you know, to the Bidens. It's all the same. But I guess people believe that it's actually change if they have a different person and they'll just be relieved that they're not having to fight for, fight for Biden again and pretend that he's a legitimate president, you know, a legitimate president. And he obviously can't even hold a decent press conference or speak to the media whatsoever. Um, and of course, Kamala, Kamala, however you say her name, nobody is taking her seriously. She has that Hillary factor. She's just unlikely. You put her in front of a camera and you walk away and you just kind of go, oh, my gosh, what was that? I don't like her. and I don't know why. Yes. You can't really explain what it is. But there's no way they're going to run an election with her. And I think it's very real that Michelle Obama is going to be her candidate. Carpe diem, Candace Owens. I disagree with Candace. So I, I know immediately why I don't like heels up here. She's a whore. I'm not fond of whores or hookers or sluts. I'm not fond of any of them. I'm not fond of liars. I'm not fond of cacklers. I'm not fond of, fond of people who can't speak a sentence. It's the only time in history that we've had an American president and vice president who can't speak a sentence. Not a coherent sentence has emitted from either one of them in two plus years now. <laughs> you want to talk about the dumbing down of America? What do our kids think? The ones that are in school, perhaps taking a civics course or a government course. Well, they're being indoctrinated, of course, but then they come home and the parents give them a dose of reality. What must they think? Well, what they probably think is, you know, that country that you and mom talked about, dad, that you grew up in, it never existed. I mean, no country could come from that to this. That's impossible. 
if the country you claim you grew up in existed, no one would want to leave that utopia. Oh, yeah, it was hard work and there were jobs you had to do and everything else, but people were different. People cared about each other. The people in the office of president cared. So there's no way it could come from that to this. This cesspool of corruption, of hatred, of vile behavior, of not caring if you murder people by insisting they take an experimental drug, couldn't have come to that. Not from where you say it came from. So mom and dad, you really didn't grow up in that idyllic area of this world. Couldn't have. Couldn't have. Margaret Brennan is on CBS's Face the Nation on Sundays. She thinks she's a firebrand. She thinks she's Mike Wallace. So she tried to play Mike Wallace with Kevin McCarthy about putting Republican congressmen and women on committees who believe that the 2020 election was rigged. Now, Margaret Brennan calls it, of course, well, I'll let her tell her words, but Kevin McCarthy, the new Kevin McCarthy, gives it back. I want to ask you about some of the makeup uh, of your caucus. According yes. to CBS Records, 70% of the House GOP members denied the results of the 2020 election. You put many of them on very key committees, intelligence, homeland security, oversight. Why are you elevating people who are denying reality like that? Well, if you look to the Democrats, their ranking member, member Raskin had the same thing, denied Trump or Bush was in there. Benny Thompson, who was Did you see those a, numbers did you that we just the, put up there? 70%. Did you also be fair and equal where you looked at Raskin did the same thing. Benny Thompson, who's a ranking member and was the chair. These individuals were chair of the Democratic I'm Party. I'm asking you as leader of but Kevin I'm also, McCarthy's I'm also, house I'm also, why you made these choices. These were your choices. Yeah, they're my choices, but they're the conference choices. But I'm also asking you, when you look to see just Republicans, Democrats have done the same thing. So maybe it's not denying. Maybe it's the only opportunity they have to have a question about what go, went on during the election. So if you want to hold Republicans to that equation, why don't you also hold Democrats? Why don't you hold Jamie Raskin? Why don't you hold Benny Thompson when Democrats had appointed them to be chair? I never once heard you ask Nancy Pelosi or any Democrat that question when they were in power in the majority when they question you're talking about things going back to 2000 which was a time well, you're when talking about i didn't the, have this show back then which yeah. is why i'm asking you no, now no, about but your they were they were, in, they were in power last congress so why why you're talking about questions why, from 2000 but, but you're asking me about questions about that happened these choices to another you just congress. made you're you actually made. about questions for another congress so the only thing i'm this simply talking these these are members who just got elected by their constituents and we put them into committees and i'm proud to do it Carp- DM Kevin McCarthy. How about her? These people that deny reality. Let me give you a dose of reality. You're not Mike Wallace. That's number one, even though you think you are. Number two, you're a liar when you say, oh, you're asking me about things that happened in 2000. No, as he said, no, I'm asking you about what happened just in the last Congress. You never asked Pelosi about that or Raskin. It's unconscionable what this woman asked. These are people who dare to think for themselves, who dare to examine voter fraud reports. That's reality. But she decides that she and she alone will tell everyone that anyone who doesn't agree with her are denying reality. The reality is you're nowhere near as important as you think you are. 
you're nowhere near as talented as you think you are. In fact, you're not talented at all. You just got made to be a monkey by the Speaker of the House. So go get your banana and waltz off the stage, Margaret Brennan, because you're an idiot. And you just got exposed. And I wish Kevin McCarthy would have pushed back and said that to her. Who are you to decide that that's denying reality? Can you give me your evidence that that election wasn't rigged? I wish he would have asked that. Because she would have then said if she was smart, can you give me evidence that it was? And then he could have cited about 50,000 different things. But I'm glad he said he's proud of the people that he put in there. Who was he going to put in, by the way? Democrats? You only have 200 and something people. She thinks she's some sort of badass. She's not. And while you think you're being Mike Wallace, Mike Wallace is rolling over in his grave. You're not even Chris Wallace. And by the way, did you see him? His lowest ratings ever since he left Fox. So that begs the question, did he have ratings at Fox because he was at Fox? Or because he was Chris Wallace? Or because he was Mike Wallace's son. I think all of those things are involved there. But his little primetime CNN venture had its worst ratings since its launch. He calls it Who's Talking to Chris Wallace? Like he's some sort of entrepreneurial interviewer that everybody wants to get in front of. Of his 365,000 viewers, what a paltry number that is. Only 48,000 of them were in the coveted 25 to 54-year-old demographic that advertisers look for. (laughs) He's just getting his ass kicked every time he shows up with a microphone. I mean getting his ass kicked. And that's almost sexy. It's almost sexier than listening to Kevin McCarthy destroy Margaret Brennan. As a friend of mine says, she's easy to hate. Not quite as easy as Adam Schiff, but she's pretty easy. And she is. (laughs) Unbelievable. Congratulations, Kevin McCarthy, and a big carpe diem to you because you put her in her place. She wants him to not put the Republicans on who dared to think for themselves and examine, fairly examine, honestly examine, evidence that showed the 2020 election was rigged. Instead, she wants him to put Democrats on. That was her point. We all get that. We all get it. Stupid, but that was her point. Amazingly. All right, we're going to take a break. We're going to come right back, though. We'll take your calls, 636-538-0746, when we return. If I may, may I recite it and try to explain to you the meaning of each word. I, me, an individual, a committee of one, pledge, dedicate all of my worldly goods to give without self-pity, allegiance, my love and my devotion to the flag, our standard, O glory, a symbol of freedom. Wherever she waves, there's respect. 
because your loyalty has given her a dignity that shouts freedom is everybody's job. United. That means that we have all come together. States. Individual communities that have united into 48 great states. 48 individual communities with pride and dignity and purpose. All divided with imaginary boundaries, yet united to a common purpose. And that's love for country. And to the republic. Republic. A state in which sovereign power is invested in representatives chosen by the people to govern. And government is the people. And it's from the people to the leaders, not from the leaders to the people, for which it stands. One nation, one nation, meaning so blessed by God, indivisible, incapable of being divided, with liberty, which is freedom, the right of power to live one's own life, without threats, fear, or some sort of retaliation. And justice, the principle or qualities of dealing fairly with others. For all, for all, which means, boys and girls, it's as much your country as it is mine. And now, boys and girls, let me hear you recite the Pledge of Allegiance. I pledge allegiance to the flag of the United States of America and to the republic for which it stands, one nation, indivisible, with liberty and justice for all. Since I was a small boy, two states have been added to our country and two words have been added to the Pledge of Allegiance under God. Wouldn't it be a pity if someone said that is a prayer and that would be eliminated from schools too? Kevin Slayton with you in the window world, King's Court, on this Wednesday morning. Glad you're along for the ride on KevinSlaytonShow.com. Hope you're enjoying your morning as much as we are. Our phone lines are open for you, 636-538-0746, 636-538-0746. Isn't that news about John Roberts' wife stunning? I mean, I knew John Roberts was corrupt. I didn't know he was corrupt to this magnitude, and I certainly didn't know his wife was this corrupt. Now, I'm waiting for all the liberals to weigh in because they attacked Clarence Thomas's wife for having a mind of her own. Now, will they attack John Roberts' wife? Now, they'll claim, if they do, that John Roberts is a conservative justice because he was appointed by George W. Bush. He's anything but a conservative justice. 
He's a traitor to the conservative beliefs and the conservative philosophy. That's what he is. He, in fact, tried to lobby different justices against voting to overturn Roe versus Wade. And it was correctly overturned. And yet Roberts was arguing with Kavanaugh and Gorsuch and Barrett to try to swing their votes the other way. That's what he is. I mentioned uh, Chris Wallace's ratings. The new people at CNN moved Don Lamont off of his primetime nighttime show because his ratings were so bad. So they moved into the morning and they relaunched the show and called it CNN This Morning. Well, it just had its, <laughs> its smallest audience ever among both total viewers and the key demographic that I mentioned in the Chris Wallace deal. They averaged only 331,000 viewers. Now, to give you an example of what's a good number, Fox's morning show on at the same time averaged 1.3 million viewers. <laughs> That's about four times plus what CNN averaged. So what do you think they're going to do? Can they fire a black gay guy without getting all kinds of grief? You see, when I, I've said this all along when I used to do sports. I said I would never hire a black head coach in football, college, or the pros. And you say, well, that sounds racist. No, it sounds logical and smart. And here's why. If I hire a black coach to, let's say, coach Notre Dame, they do have a black coach there now, and the day comes when I have to fire him, and the day always comes when you fire a coach, it's just the nature of the business. Unless you're Nick Saban or Bill Belichick, coaches get fired. It just happens. So when the day comes and I have to fire that black head coach, you know what's going to happen? I'm going to be called a racist. My kids are going to go to school. They're going to be told that their dad's a racist, that he hates black people, and that somehow the kids themselves are oppressing their black class, uh, classmates. That's what's going to happen. So I would argue this, that the black community or the white black community, the white people who claim racism at every turn, have done such a disservice to black people, it's not even funny. And I would make the same argument for people who wouldn't fire Don Lamont because he's gay and he's black, that you're not doing the gay community any favors by not firing someone like him. Because when that's the case, no one's going to hire an, a, another black gay guy because they know they can't fire him. Why would you hire anybody that you're bound to for life? Nobody does that. Nobody. So we'll see what happens with that show and with Chris Wallace's show. But to fire those people, I would assume they have to pay big, big goodbye packages. I don't know about Lamont, but with Wallace, probably so, because they had to pay him a lot of money to get him to come over. Lamont's just kind of been there. Just got a note that Tom Brady has announced his retirement. Well, he's starting to sound like Brett Favre, right? I'm not so sure I can count on that. One thing about Tom Brady, people will say, well, he would never go out like he's going out. 
And yet, I thought he would never leave New England the way he left New England. His last pass for the Patriots was a pick six against Tennessee in the playoffs. Didn't bother him. His last appearance in Tampa was horrific. And apparently that doesn't bother him because he claims now he's retiring for good. It's for real. He posted a video um, announcing his retirement. Good morning, guys. I'll get to the point right away. I'm retiring for good. I know the process was a pretty big deal last time. So when I woke up this morning, I figured I'd just press record and let you guys know first. I won't be long-winded. You only get one super emotional retirement essay, and I used mine up last year. (laughs) He leaves quite a legacy, doesn't he? Goodell, the commissioner who notoriously screwed Brady a few years ago, issued a statement saying he'll be remembered as one of the greatest to ever play in the NFL. One of the greatest? I've always argued for John Unitas as the greatest quarterback who ever lived, and there are reasons I make that argument. They're very good ones, most of which go to the fact that he was able to throw a touchdown pass in 47 consecutive games in an era when they didn't throw. Not only that, he called his own plays, and he won the greatest game ever played by all accounts, the 58 championship game against the Giants that went into sudden death, and he won it because of his tremendous rally in the last two minutes of regulation not to mention the spectacular career numbers. But in an age when there was not liberal passing, there weren't liberal uh, rules for the passing game to succeed and flourish, there weren't narrow hash marks to make it easy to pass, John Unitas held a record of 47 consecutive games with at least one touchdown pass until Drew Brees broke it in 2012. But if you get past John Unitas, the argument ends with Tom Brady. If you don't think John Unitas is the greatest of all time, and I do, then Tom Brady has to be your pick. And you don't go wrong with either one of them. But to to say that he'll be remembered as one of the greatest, he then writes, an incredible competitor and leader. His stellar career is remarkable for its longevity, but also for the sustained excellence he displayed year after year. Tom made everyone around him better and always seemed to rise to the occasion in the biggest moments. It's been a privilege to watch him compete and have him in the NFL. Brady should respond to that. He really should. He should say, you know, I've announced my retirement, but the the statement issued by the commissioner is nothing but balderdash and lies. We know what he thinks of me. He considers me to be some sort of a cheater because he accused me of deflating footballs. Even though all of the evidence said he didn't deflate any footballs, that didn't matter to Goodell. Roger Goodell is one of the most embarrassing commissioners in the history of sports. And every time he opens his mouth, he continually makes himself even more embarrassing. It's hard to beat the clown that represents the National Hockey League. I don't remember his name anymore. That's how inconsequential he is, that commissioner. It's hard to be more absurd than the Martian-looking guy that runs the NBA. It's It's hard to be as big a coward as Rob Manfred is, who runs baseball. But I think Roger Goodell has outdistanced himself from all of them. Gary Bettman is the NHL commissioner. Adam something or other, Adam Martian man, is the NBA commissioner. But Goodell tops them all with his phoniness. My God, the guy's a fraud. I don't see the NHL or 
uh, Major League Baseball after a quick romance with the nonsense, putting black slogans or racial slogans all over their field or all over their stadium. Only the NFL does that now. The NBA even stopped doing it, I think. They realized how absurd it was. And it's absurd. Absolutely absurd. But it is what it is, and it's the way it is. This guy makes $50 million plus a year. He does nothing except destroy the image of the NFL in the minds of so many people in this country. It's nowhere near as popular as it once was. And that's because of Roger Goodell and his phony Black Lives Matter support. Aren't you sick and tired of every time you turn an NFL game on, you see those slogans on the field? And racism. We must all do it together. Takes all of us. And even on the backs of some of the players' helmets. If you believed there was a racism problem in this country a few years ago, what has changed? Nothing. Because there wasn't a racial problem a few years ago. That's why nothing has changed. So all of your slogans, Roger Goodell, and racism, it takes all of us. Apparently that didn't have any effect because nothing's changed. When are you going to drop the nonsense? Most people follow sports to escape from the everyday bullcrap of their lives, the nonsense of politics and everything that goes with it. Their rotten boss at their rotten job that they hate but need the paycheck. They turn to sports to get away from that. What does Roger Goodell deliver? A boring product and more race division. Fanning the flames of racism is all Roger Goodell's done. And then to accuse Tom Brady of altering the football pressure to benefit him was the lowest point of Goodell's life. It was a travesty at the time. It remains a travesty today. All of the evidence, all of the scientific evidence said you're wrong. But he did it anyway. It's incredible. And this guy has the unmitigated gall to issue a statement praising Tom Brady. Wow. By the way, the retirement announcement comes exactly one year after his first one a year ago. And while Tom Brady suffered through, by his standards, a bad season because of his team that was around him and the coaching staff around him, they've already fired the offensive coordinator. The head coach can't be far behind, except he is black. It'd be hard to get rid of him. But this team was terrible. Because they had no running game and no offensive line, he threw a league-high 733 passes. He finished third in passing yards behind the two likely MVP candidates, Patrick Mahomes and Justin Herbert. But they couldn't score. And then in his last game, he looked old, the team looked awful, and they were blown out by Dallas. But let's just go through some of Brady's numbers here because they are a a tribute to magnificence. Fifteen times he was selected to the Pro Bowl. 
Three times he was selected as the best player, best quarterback in the league. 89,000 regular season passing yards. 89,000. <laughs> if a guy hits 30,000, they consider him a Hall of Famer. He's tripled that. 649 touchdown passes to just 212 interceptions. 35 times he left the field a victor in a playoff game. 35 times. He lost just 13. 13,000 passing yards in just the playoffs. 88 touchdown passes in just the playoffs. Many think he's headed to the broadcast booth, though his name is glittering. His personality doesn't really fit that, I don't believe. We'll see. We'll see. Will he be willing to be critical of players that he's watching, that he once played with? Don't know. Most of those guys aren't. Pretty unbelievable. So there is no more Tom Brady, I believe, at this time. I don't know if his wife will get back together with him. A friend of mine just texted me that 89,000 yards is over 50 miles. 50 miles. So it's almost halfway from the St. Charles area to Columbia, Missouri. That's a lot of miles. Those are numbers that I'm pretty safe in saying will never, ever be broken. Never. Joe DiMaggio's hitting streak will never be broken. Never. We welcome Cleo to the show. Good morning, Cleo. How are you, sir? Morning, Kevin. How's it going, man? Going great. Uh, yeah, that's something about the NFL, you know, with all the and uh, racism stuff. That's why I don't, I don't watch it anymore. I don't need this political stuff put in front of my face. It's supposed yeah, to be I mean, a football game. You turn to a football game to watch football. You don't need any of that lecturing crap. I mean, I remember when this George Floyd crap happened and this CBS comes on, and a guy that I respect a lot, Jim Nance, gives us a mini lecture, which pissed me off. But then <laughs> uh, the little gal down on the sidelines, Tracy Wolfson, goes into a lengthy lecture to all of us. F you, F the horse you rode in on, shut the F up. I mean, it's, your it's lecture. pushed away many people from pro football. Yeah, I mean, I, I, who's she? Who does she think she is? I bet you 10 people don't even know who she is. And you, you played that interview with that Mrs. Brennan uh, questioning, uh, questioning Kevin. What's his name? Kevin McCarthy. Uh, yeah, and she's she was extremely rude. I think she's trying to set an example. I think it's going to follow from this that everybody's going to be very confrontational with the guy. Well, yeah, I think so. I think he knows that. Anytime he goes on a liberal media show, that's the way they're going to be. They would never dare ask Pelosi a question like that. Not even dare. And how about this this Mrs. Greaseball out there in California and her pervert film? Yeah, how many, it's how child many, abuse. Did how, you see that thing? It's child abuse. Yeah, how many of these women, these wives of these prominent people, are we're, we're finding out now are corrupt, are immoral, 
are disgusting human beings. You've got Robert's wife. You've got Newsom's wife. You've yeah. got Biden's wife. You've got Kamala Harris, the whore. I mean, I mean, these people, these women are not giving women a good name, are they? They're they're proving that they can be just as corrupt and just as immoral as the men, and in this case, the men they were married to. It's kind of funny, really. It is unbelievable. Imagine if Melania made a film like that. Would she be? Oh my would God! Would she be? They'd roll her over the coals like crazy. Don't you remember when she was a professional model, and she modeled uh, an outfit that uh, was skimpy? They dug that up and went bananas on it. She yeah. was a professional. She wasn't some slut putting together a perverted movie for children to poison the minds of children on pornog- pornography. Hardly. You know when they, when they raided, you know when they when they searched through uh, the Biden residence, you know I got to hand it to Laura Ingram. She at least admitted it. Did they go through Miss, Mrs. Jill Biden's lingerie like they did Melania's? Well, they probably wouldn't have wanted to, but nonetheless, the answer is no, they didn't. <laughs> I, th- I think, here's what I do believe, though. I think Dr. Jill thinks she's every bit as attractive as Melania. I really think she believes that. <laughs> she thinks she's a superstar, man. Yeah, see, they let they let this guy, Hawk, uh, innocent. Remember the guy, Hawk, the, the, uh, the anti-abortion fella? He had his house raided by 25 FBI agents. The pastor. Yeah, the pastor. Now, the case is over. So when they talk to Ray, they got to ask Mr. Ray, hey, what did you have to do with this decision? Is he going to say I had nothing to do with it? Yeah, are you going to say you didn't know about it? What was his motivation? They need to ask. They need to rake him over the coals. What are your motivation for sending 25 FBI agents to a guy and his family for? What the hell's going on, Mr. Ray? They need to really... Uh, but Republican after Republican need to say that to his face, and they need to ask him to resign. Well, I I love that you you would ask him that. That is exactly what needs to be asked at any of these hearings when they come up. This needs to be brought up. Are you in the practice, the common practice of the FBI of raiding people who are innocent in the middle of the night in front of their families when they've already offered to turn themselves in? That's the, the part people forget. He offered to turn himself in, even though the charges were bogus, and yet they decided not to do that. Trump offered to continue negotiations regarding these documents. The archivist and the Department of Justice came to Mar-a-Lago, went through some of the documents, then said, put a padlock on the door where you have the other ones. He did so, and they raided his house anyway. It's, ne- it's never going to stop, man. No, and not. I'm telling you, Governor Greaseball is going to run. I'm telling you, he's the he's the front runner. Biden is not going to run. And, and Republicans, if he's the front runner, he's the nomination. Republicans should not quit on this issue of child abuse. He made millions of dollars, he and his wife, on their tax returns from this stuff. It's child abuse. And he's a pervert, and they need to call him that one right after the other. Well, we call him that here. We know what he is. He's a pedophile. That's what he is. And he won't be the run. He won't run. It'll be Mike Obama. You can almost count on that. Oh, man. I don't I don't think so. Oh, I do. There's no question. Who else are they going to run? They're, they're grooming her now to run. She's going to give what her a mad. conversation about menopause and how she <laughs> wouldn't endorse Biden because she's going to run. 
She's a mad woman. She's an angry woman. She's never smiled. No, she's she never smiled ang- before. She's the angriest person going, and and she she's a she's one of the good luck club. She's the lucky sperm club. She was well, she wasn't born into it, but she fell into her only expertise in life. She married well. Otherwise, she has nothing <laughs> to show for her life. Yeah, it's going to be interesting who they run. She's got a trail they, named after her in Georgia now, thanks to the omnibus bill. <laughs> so I guess that she'll 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 beat on that drum when she runs. Look at me, I have I have my own trail named after me. I'm like Katie, well, the Katie trail. That's in, yeah, it's interesting slant you put on all these bad wives. There's plenty of them, aren't they? Plenty of them. They're everywhere, and the one that go after seems to be doing good with her life. Ginny. Uh, um, Thomas, Clarence Thomas's wife. But that's the one they attack. Yeah. Okay, I'll leave you alone. Thanks, Cleo. You're welcome. Appreciate the call. Great thoughts, great comments. Really good stuff. Yeah, this, this it's the it's not the uh, sec, what was it, the Second Wives Club was the movie. These aren't the Second Wives necessarily. Some of them might be, but these are the Corrupt Wives Club. And it's just, it never ends. Anybody who cares to even look into these people find corruption everywhere. And I mean everywhere. That's pretty amazing. And as Cleo said, it never ends. And not until you force them. It will not end until you force them. So that's what has to happen. Hawley's right. They have to be stopped. They're trying to wipe out the middle class, which is their goal. They want the middle class to be dependent on them. Remember, don't ever don't ever forget what Kerry said in Davos, Switzerland. We are the entitled few people who get to determine the world order, the new world order. They believe that. We can't let them. We're the fools if we do. All right, folks, that's going to wrap us up for this morning. We're back fighting the good fight again for you tomorrow morning right here on KevinSlaytonShow.com, 7 to 9 Central Time. Don't forget, Google Kings Court Kevin Slayton. Scroll down to podcast, Kevin Slayton Show podcast, Apple podcast, I should say, Apple podcast. Click on it, the three dots in the upper right-hand corner. Hit those. You'll see follow. Hit that. Then scroll down to where it says write a review and please write a review. That doesn't have to be long, can be short. You can say I'm lousy even, but just write a review. It helps us, and it's helped us become in the top 10% of podcasts listened to worldwide among 3 million-plus podcasts. And then on Spotify, go there, and where you find the bell icon, click on that and hit follow there too. We appreciate it very much, folks. Thank you for helping us. Thank you for helping us achieve what we've done. We're back fighting the good fight for you again tomorrow morning. Love you, Mom. Love you, Dad. Love you, Maureen. So long, everybody.